Beautiful. Happy Thursday to everybody that's going to be watching this and tuning in uh, later today and, and next week. And for the community members that are joining us, um, these weekly meetups are amazing because we get to share stories about people that are just evolving, adapting, and changing their business to make sure that they can meet their needs today, tomorrow, and perpetually forward. So we're so appreciative to the community members that have been on this, that have shared their stories, and to the GoDaddy community managers that are here today that are helping us lead this conversation. So I am so appreciative of Chris Costanis, who is our guest today. We're going to have him introduce himself after we get the hosts to, to kind of give you a, an overview of who they are. But Chris is, is amazing. So I'm excited for him to, to kind of share the evolution of his business. Uh, my name is Adam Griggs. I am the co-founder of a software platform called Clarify, and I am your moderator today, and I will turn it over to Rachel. Hey, good morning, good afternoon to whoever is listening. Um, Rachel McCool from GoDaddy, and I manage community experiences. So work very closely with my coworker, Jonathan, who's here um, in managing our, our group and in inspiring, hopefully, you all to participate with us and maybe even be a guest um, on this meetup, as well as manage other experiences for, um, for GoDaddy customers. Yep. And hi, I'm uh, Jonathan Graziano. I work on the uh, social media team here at GoDaddy. Um, I've been working closely with Rachel to also help develop these communities and to develop this um, weekly meetup that we've had. And I am, again, so grateful for every single week that we get to talk. We get to hear from someone new. Um, Chris, I'm really looking forward to this today. And um, I can't wait for everyone watching this after the fact to, to get this information as well. Yeah, thank you both for being here today and, and for your support to the community members for their support. Uh, Chris, let's hear about your background, the world of uh, owning what Surf Financial Brokers is your company. Um, talk to us about the evolution that got you started in the industry and led you to today. Well, um, thanks for having me as a guest. I've been kind of snooping in for several months off and on. And uh, but back in... Um, I guess 1985, I got out of college. You can do the math, figure out how old I am. But um, really just didn't have any prospects. My dad was wanting me to come to work for him and and he was an engineer and I was not an engineering major. So that didn't quite work. And uh, so I ended up eventually getting a job with an insurance agency, an insurance company, uh, selling door-to-door -door accident plans in rural North Carolina. Uh, they would just give you a list of names of people that had the policies. You go out, go see them. And then their idea of a referral was, you know, you, you're out in the country and these houses are, you know, miles apart. And they would say, you know, you would just ask like, who's the, who lives in that house up the road? And they'd say, oh, that's Miss Smith. And you'd go down the road and you'd act like you knew her. You know, hey, Miss Smith, I came by to see you. And Miss Joan sent me over here, which she didn't. But anyway, after about a year or so of that and having people pull guns on me and interesting stuff. I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. So I got completely out of insurance and I went into uh, selling office supplies and, uh, you know, things like that. And, and I used that skill set though, that I learned from selling insurance to, you know, uh, selling office supplies and working door to door, calling on businesses instead of calling on homes. And I really didn't appreciate what the insurance business was until years later when I got back into it and was actually selling, you know, to groups of people, benefits and things like that. And then 
eventually you get to see your first claim check. And that's when the rubber hits the road because then you realize, you know, what I'm doing really does matter. It, it's not, you know, um, just, you know, going out and trying to sell somebody something and getting back in the car and pumping your fist. Yeah, yeah, I made, made a sale. Now it's, this was somebody that needed that money. And they were somebody, you know, took the time and the energy and the effort to, to take out a policy and, and make sure that their loved ones were going to be taken care of. So then it hit me kind of like a ton of bricks. And I was like, yeah, this, this is actual real work and it, and it is meaningful. So that's when I, um, you know, I started really taking the whole thing a little bit more seriously, but, uh, I kind of bopped around, went to a couple of different companies, learned how they all worked. And, and, um, eventually me and a couple of guys started what, what was then surf financial solutions. And, um, they ended up just dropping out and I, and left me holding the bag and the name. And I tweaked it a little bit, changed it to surf financial brokers, uh, got a website, never really knew what to do with it. It just, just threw it out there as, as informational kind of thing. <laughs> and, um, and about that time, uh, this is about 2012 or so, I, uh, I was telling uh, Adam, I, I signed up for a local amateur comedy contest and won. <laughs> and, and, I, and, and, I, and, I, and I was telling Adam earlier, I think it was, it was probably not for the best because then it kind of got in my head, well, you know, I could just go around and say whatever I want to say and people will laugh and they'll think it's funny and I'll sell more insurance, you know, whatever. It, it, it did make me go to Toastmasters, actually. And then it was kind of like trying to refine a cat, you know, <laughs> or something. I, I had to learn how to speak properly in a professional setting. So not being afraid of speaking, because I had done the comedy thing, I just had to learn how to take the edges off a little bit. And from there, I just kept going to Toastmasters. I loved it. I love speaking to groups. I love speaking to people and and talking and 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 throwing in a little bit of humor here and there and and I was injecting humor into my my practice my insurance practice and um for I'll give you a good example you know when you're selling life insurance it's it's a serious subject it's not you know you're talking about death I mean you're talking about well, what are we gonna do with your family when you die you know things like that so we try to just make a little a little tweak here and there and Put a little comment for instance if i was talking to someone about final expenses i would say uh you know well here's a policy that's ten thousand dollars for your funeral fifteen thousand dollars for your funeral and they go well, what's the five the extra five thousand dollars for i go well that's you know open bar we can uh, you know <laughs> we can have some of those little bacon wrap scallops whatever you want so uh, you know and people just thought that was funny i guess you know so uh, there again my wife's three favorite words are don't encourage him, but it did. And so it, you know, it was just that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I learned how to give, tell stories correctly and, and, um, you know, and things like that. So it no, was, you really got me with that. I am sorry, <laughs> really good. It's hard with Zoom to tell, but I'm, 
I've had that joke before. I've heard like I've certainly done like, how are we gonna spice up a funeral? But oh my god, if yeah. the life insurance salesman said that to me, I think I I think I'd put it in my will that day. There you go. Okay. <laughs> that was fabulous. I'll put, I'll put you down for a policy. Here, hey, hey, yeah, hey no. man, let's do it. <laughs> you know, well, I'm I'm Greek, so we always say the difference between a Greek wedding and a Greek funeral is just one less drunk, you know. So Absolutely. anyway. So <laughs> so um anyway. That's, um, that, you know, from there, though, a few years later, I had this bucket list item I had always wanted to do, and it was to write a book on sales and selling and, and more or less to, to have a book that I wish somebody had given me when I got into the business, because it's, it's tough and you got to learn a lot of stuff, you know, you gotta learn how to prospect and how to, you know, talk to people at networking events and things like that. And I had read tons of sales books but they were all pretty much you know well it's all between your ears and you got to have a good positive mental attitude and which is great but nobody's telling you how to do stuff and um you know to me it was like if you had a uh, a carpenter and you gave him a hammer and you said well go out there and have a good mental attitude you'll make a lot of money but you're not showing him how to hit the nail you know, and so that's where I, I, that was my approach going into my book. And uh, so I wrote this book and it wasn't um, motivational and I didn't want it to be motivational. I didn't want to be Zig Ziglar or anything like that. I wanted it to be, here's the things that I've gone through, potential landmines for you. Let's hope that you don't have to go through it. And uh, so I wrote the book, which is right there over my shoulder and uh very subtle and um actually i'm holding one up right here so it's on amazon i was going to hold up my copy of one flew over the cuckoo's nest but i figure i better not so uh, i'm still reading that one again so um anyway so I, I wrote the book and i realized that i could use the book to promote my insurance business and someone a friend of mine read the book and he goes, you've been going to Toastmasters all these years. You speak. Why don't you come up with a talk based off of your book? OK, so that's what I did. And I put together a, a, a real basic talk, you know, for sales newbies, if you will, that I've given several times around here locally just to, you know, a realtor might say, you know, the broker in charge might say, I've just hired 10 new uh, real estate agents, can you come give them a talk on just sales, basic sales techniques? And I've done that. We've had great response on it. And, uh, and then COVID hit. So that kind of put the, the, the kibosh on that one, if you will. So, um, but I've been using the book to promote my business and my speaking. And then the speaking, I promote the book and the insurance and all each one I used to promote the other two. And, um, and then I also have, you know, Instagram and started a YouTube channel lately, which was, um, you know, a lot of people look at YouTube and they go, wow, you know, I really wish somebody would talk to me about what a waiver of premium is on a life insurance policy said no one ever. So, um, you know, there's certain sentences that are just never said. Um, one of them is, uh, could you hand me a piano? And one is, could you tell me more about the waiver of disability premium on a life insurance policy? So I started making these other videos 
And um, one of them was, uh, could zombies get life insurance? And that one was a mild success. I think I had like 30 views and it really went to my head. So I started another one, a sequel, which was, could zombies get disability insurance? And on that one, I actually called several life insurance companies and asked them, got to the person who does disability underwriting and was like, what, what is, what's your take on this? And of course they thought I was nuts, but laughing about it. And uh, so those are on YouTube now. And uh, so if anybody's bored, you can always find out. And uh, so, we, you know, the social media thing, I'm, I'm trying to work through that, promote my business, my book, uh, any speaking engagements, things like that. Just trying to, you know, as a one man show here, trying to promote these things and, and get it out there, get the message out that here I am. The, the hard part is that when you're ins an insurance agent, you're licensed in states and the internet doesn't have borders and things like that. So even though I'm licensed in five states, you know, it makes it a little hard if somebody in Colorado calls me and says, well, I saw your YouTube video. Can you sell me some life insurance? Because at that point, I'm not licensed in Colorado. And I really don't know if I want to invest the money into getting licensed just so I can write somebody a policy that they may not keep it two months and drop. And, you know, that it's, it's, a, it's a hard business like that. So um, when it comes to promoting my business, I'm trying to, you know, be as targeted as possible without spending money on Instagram ads and Facebook ads and all those kinds of fun things. That's where someone like Jonathan, I bet, is the expert on, you know, knowing how to do these things efficiently. <laughs> he says just a little bit. So, uh, yeah, but that, that's basically where I am right now. I, I, you yeah. know, I work a lot. I work out of the house. Um, it's easy. I like working out of my house. I can sit up here. You can't see them, but there's kitty cats running around and um, and they're they keep me company and my wife's out of town for the day. So that, that, yeah, gives me time to sit here and talk to you guys. Oh, I love it. I love, I, I love the story behind business, especially when you're in an industry that's a little bit red tape, very white paper driven, right? When you're in an industry that has regulations, how do you evolve and meet the needs of your clients and how do you do so in a witty way. I mean, everything that you've done, Chris, has just been humorous and just fun and enjoyable. And I love that because you started with door-to-door -door knocking. And I came from that world. I went into thousands of businesses and walked through dozens of pairs of shoes and it was not fun. Yeah. Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's like when I, we always say when I was single um, and when I was trying to, we, my friends and I would go out to clubs and we would meet girls or whatever. And, and our opening lines were horrible. You know, we would always have just really bad ones. But the one that almost worked sometimes was um, I thrive on rejection. Can I buy you a beer? And because uh, you make it a win-win situation. And that's kind of what sales is like. I mean, if you don't have that, you know, you know, you're going to get a ton of no's. You know, there's going to be a lot of people telling you, I'm not interested in what you have. You have to have that mentality that somewhere here I have to make this a win-win situation every time. Otherwise, you realize why insurance is a great example. There's about a 90% dropout rate of agents. And that's because 
they come in, they're promised the arm, the, the world on a, on a platter, you know, the, the sales manager is hiring them and telling them, oh, you're going to be just do awesome at this. And you're, it's such a great product and we're the best company. And, and what do they always say is you're going to be great at this, which is where I got the name of the book. Um, because that's what they do. And then you get out there in the real world and you realize that people don't want to talk to you and they, they have other things going on. Yeah. They, uh, an insurance, there was an insurance guy years ago who did this whole study. He watched all these agents work and how they work. And he broke the numbers down into 10, three, and one. Okay. For every 10 prospects, you'll get three appointments and one will buy. Well, if you don't know those numbers and you're out there and you're the new guy off the street and you just went out and you think that you're just going to be making tons of money and you don't understand that that rejection is 90% of the time, you're going to take it personally and you leave. And that's why you have about a hundred agents get hired and about eight or nine of them will still be there in about three years. And I don't know if you guys have ever bought life insurance, but then you realize that your agent's no longer with the company when you, <laughs> that's why. So there again, if they have the tools and they know what's going to happen, then they can, you know, they're more prepared. And um, as far as the compliance thing, I actually used to be a financial advisor and I had my securities license, but that's so heavily compliant that. I couldn't even get away with doing a website without having to clear it through, you know, 12 government agencies, the CIA, and some, <laughs> I think some of them were even in Russia. I'm not sure. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's tough. Uh, that's, and plus the commissions on that stuff is horrible. So. <laughs> and, and awareness is important. I mean, obviously you're aware of your environment and you're aware of the industry, and for so many of us that join industries and we find a passion, like you, one of the things you mentioned was the day that you actually had to drop off a claims check, right? You saw the proof of concept and what you're doing and a passion was ignited in you. And people don't generally make it that far because they just don't know how to gain stride. And nobody wants to go knocking doors. So obviously you've got to meet clients and customers where they are. And I love that you've evolved over time from going from cold calls and door knocking to creating an environment of trust and education with speaking and the book, because people want to be able to listen, learn and leverage. And then you gain a community and a feel over that. And then I just have to commend you because you're carrying your humor through it all. And it can be a very daunting thing to try to do that and get approval, but you're doing that on your YouTube videos, which is kind of how we got connected. And I yeah. just, you know, I, I love it. I love that you're finding a way to make things work. And that's what so many people need to understand is how do I make this work? And it's not the same for everybody. You know, one of the things that I was told when I first started business was, if I told you that you had to go out and get 9,857 no's to be financially independent, how fast would you get those no's? And that was like, wait, what? Like, that's a weird way to think about it. But right. statistically, that's what they're telling you. And if you do it the right way, and you have a targeted approach, you're utilizing Things like what you're learning in these, these community meetups, Chris, like SEO and marketing and creating these videos that are just fun and inviting, you're going to get more traction and the ratio is going to go up. So we love right. it. And, and, and it's so much easier if I can make a YouTube video and someone calls me, that saves me, 
you know, three days of prospecting, yeah. uh, you know, and, and I try to impart that with my current clients all the time. I say, you know, when you give me a referral, that means that's less time I have to go out and look for new clients and more time I can spend working on, on you and working for you. And so that kind of, that part of the business, it's not just insurance, it's any sales. I mean, you know, here again, if I go to the Chamber of Commerce after hours networking event, sure, some of those people are working for large banks or other big companies, but there's always gonna be at least 70% of those people who are small business owners they're in the same boat I'm in. They're out there trying to find clients and, and maybe they're retail, maybe they're wholesale, maybe they're phone sales, I don't know. Everybody's got a different thing, but if anything I can do to make that, um, that path of you know, getting from point A to point B shorter and create the path of least resistance is always, going to be helpful so if i can make a, a stupid meme on instagram that's going to make somebody laugh and think at the same time and go well maybe you know i, I took a picture of my um i did one of youtube shorts i just started doing youtube shorts recently and my cat loves laying in the hammock in the backyard she's like an old fat cat and she's you know and she just sinks in it and i took a i did a little short video of her just rocking in the in the hammock and I said she's got the peace of mind that you should have from buying life insurance and sure enough about a week later a girl called me up she goes I saw your stupid cat in the video and I want some life insurance <laughs> <laughs> who knew <laughs> so. That's, I love hearing that because there's I also think that this kind of ties in a lot to who you are and why so why I think humor is so important in like, it's, I just think it's important. Like it's, it, there's value to it just cause it's fun, but I don't think people understand how, how important of a skill it is to be able to not necessarily make someone laugh, but to be able to understand, uh, it, humor is rooted in awareness. I've always found humor to be rooted in awareness where if you don't understand the context of a room that you're, you're you know, people you're talking to, you're not gonna make anyone laugh. Right, you've got to know what is the temperature of the room. What do people want to hear from me? Are these people scared out of their minds? Like, if you're talking to people who are, you know, they've got mom and dad are really, really sick, and you're talking to them about life insurance, you go, okay, maybe this is not, maybe this is not the time where I go in with like the super hardcore like levity, but maybe this is the time where I, I, you know, invoke a little more empathy or whatever it is. And I, I love this story about the cat because not only is it like social media is such a like such a strange place in the sense that it really does help to connect you with people who you normally would not have that direct connection with or that opportunity to unite with. But what I love is that if you're if you show you who you are as a person, you show this human side of you, like yes, I sell insurance, yes, like I have, you know, my business goals are X, Y, and Z. But if you show people this side of you, that's like, but I also, this is, you know, I'm a human and there are things that I love and these are, this is something that brings me joy. And this is something that I wanted to share with you because I thought it was funny. I wanted to add value to your day outside of trying to take something from you, just trying to make a sale. That makes you so much more approachable in whatever business you're in. I, that's at least how I feel. It makes you so much more approachable than just cold calling. If I, you know, if I see on Instagram that someone's trying to sell me life insurance, I go, okay, like I can always reach out to them if I need this thing. But if I see someone on Instagram who is 
is capable of selling life insurance, but I'm getting served stuff about his cat. I sit here and go, okay, I'm going to, I trust this person a little bit more because I have this little insight into who they are. And I know that even if they do just want something from me, they're a person, they're a human. And I think that's, that's what it means to me. And I think it's so, so, so cool that that happened. So sorry for jumping in, but I just had to oh, say no, And that's that a great, story. that's a great point because you always hear people say, you know, people buy from other people that they know, like, and trust. But the truth of the matter is nobody knows me. They can still see me on Instagram or YouTube and go, I like that guy. I trust him. I don't know him from Adam, but that's still, you know, mm. I, I don't mean, and I'm sorry, Adam, I didn't mean to, it was an expression. So <laughs> no, but it's enough. Like it's enough, yeah, right? It's, it's enough. Exactly. That's, you know, everybody's, um, you know, it, you don't have to actually know someone. You don't have to be their best friend. Um, you know, as long as somebody can see me and say, this is a, a face and a voice and they can put it together and go, okay, that guy, he's, he's got a lot of clients. He's apparently a good guy, you know, generally speaking, they don't know what I do when I'm off the clock, but, um, you know, so that, that's the thing, you know, it's just, just getting, I mean, you could, this kind of environment right here, we, we've had times in the past where we've had six or eight people on here at one time. I can see people's faces. I can see, I can relate to them. I don't know you guys personally, but I do know that if I needed something in your field of work, I can pick up the phone or, or message you or something and, and maybe we get the ball rolling on something. So it's, it's not like I'm, um, dealing with people I don't like and trust. We've all been there. You know, it's, it's called used car sales or whatever. I don't know. You know, you go, <laughs> that, that, that's one of the, where you just automatically have your guard up. And my job in anything I do is to let's lower the temperature. Let's get the guard down. Um, if I can call somebody on the phone who doesn't know me and say, Hey, Jonathan, um, I noticed that you're in this uh, LinkedIn group and I'm in this LinkedIn group as well. That right there has helped you put your guard down because now we have something in common. That's just one thing that you can do. Then if I can tell a little joke and say, hey, you know, you know, something funny and get you to laugh, there again, the temperature in the room has come down a little bit. Your guard's not up as high. If I can do that and over the course of 10 minutes, 15 minutes, talk to you about any, you know, whatever subject. And, and that's what selling is, you know, sales isn't um, the transaction. The sales, sales is the process that leads up to that transaction. So, you know, in my book, I talk about how the, my definition of sales is different than most people, because it's not necessarily monetary. It's, trying to convince somebody or urge somebody to do something, take an action now, not later, but now that we can both get an advantage out of. Um, you know, if, if you go to McDonald's and they, you say, I want a hamburger and the lady takes your money and you, she gives you a hamburger, she didn't sell you anything. She just took your order. But if she said, well, did you want fries with that? Or do you want to supersize that? Or would you like a nice drink or something? She's selling. She's trying to tack something on there. 
um, we're always selling. Everybody's always selling. Uh, this is one of the things I talk about when I'm giving my speeches, my little talks, is we're always selling something. If you've ever sat down with a three-year-old who doesn't want to sit eat their vegetables, we sell. You know, we're, we're talking about, you know, well, Papa eats a spinach, you know, and that's that kind of thing. And we try to <laughs> convince them that it's delicious. And that's selling. Um, if you've ever had to work with a coworker and you're like, hey, let's try it this way instead of that way. That's selling. You're trying to convince somebody to do something. When I talk to somebody about life insurance, and they're like, yeah, I know I need it, but I don't want to do it for calling in a year. That doesn't do anything. I have to convince them and create a sense of urgency and say, look, you know, you could go out tomorrow and a car across the center line and we won't be having this conversation in a year. And I, that's, you know, people go, well, that's high pressure sales. It's not high pressure sales. That's good pressure sales, because I'm trying to show you that there, if you don't take action, there could be consequences for your family. Here again, it goes back to that claim check. thing. <laughs> so, it, yes, I kid around a lot, but I do care and I and I do want people to know that, you know, I'm there to help them out. Um, and, and lots of times I'll just sit down with somebody and I'll say, look, let's just see what you have and make sure it's what you think you have and who your beneficiaries are, who you think you have as beneficiaries. My father passed away a couple of years ago now. And when he died, we found his life insurance policies and he hadn't updated any of these beneficiaries since like 1967. They were all dead already. So, you know, that's like untangling a web of <laughs> all kinds of mess, you know? So sitting down and saying, let's just, you know, let me, come. I know you don't want to buy anything. I get it. Let's just sit down and look and put a second set of eyeballs on what you have and make sure it's what you think you have at least. And you'd be amazed at how many people go like, wow, I thought I had a lot of life insurance. Well, it was a lot of life insurance back in the fifties when you bought it, but it's not now, you know, now it's not going to get you a, you know, an open bar <laughs> at your funeral. <laughs> yeah. I love that. The needs of the clients are always changing. I love your approach. The, the not high pressure, good pressure. That is such a good way to see it. And you were talking about bringing people's guard down. Um, your story today has been impactful and it's just been very um, insightful for a lot of us that are trying to evolve and meet our clients' needs. But I think you kind of have a cheat code built in. You got that Southern accent that already makes everybody feel warm and fuzzy. So that along with the humor just makes it easy. It's almost like playing, um, you know, with cheat codes, like I said, in your game. So I, I, yeah, I, I, there again, I told you earlier, I don't hear the Southern accent when I talk <laughs> and um, I hear other people and I'm, and I make fun of them, you know, so, <laughs> so it's like the old Fraser Crane used to say, um, you know, if you can't make fun of other people, who can you make fun of? So um. <laughs> um, thank you for your story today. I love the contribution and the community feel, especially in these meetups. And Jonathan, thank you for your comments and <clears throat> how you're supporting Chris and just kind of talking about what it means to be a human and put in that, that human touch because so many of us are still in this hybrid environment where we're trying to connect and we are going to connect with people that we like and trust based on interests that align. You know, if you're an animal lover, you're going to connect with Chris because he put that video up. If you're somebody that's obsessed with zombies in World War Z, then you're going to connect with Chris because he put that video up. So it's not about even having the same 
exact conversation each time. It's just about having fun with it, sharing a little bit about your part, you know, or a piece of yourself and having some humanity because at the end of the day, that's going to help get you better stride, better opportunities. And people don't like to be sold, but they love to buy. So if you're the person they're already connected with, they're going to call you. And I, yeah. and I just, one last thing, Chris, I got to appreciate you for your humor because I feel like in your environment, it's life insurance awareness month. And I take that stuff very seriously. So I appreciate you for that. But I love the humor because if you do it in the right way, in a tactful manner, it allows people to have a happy memory of setting things up rather than a miserable experience of their wallet being pried open. And when you have a happy experience, it's an asset, not a liability. It allows right. them to sleep better, not worry. And you know, that, that, that reminds me of that first insurance job I had out in the country. You know, there was my sales manager actually said, your income is in their wallets and you have to do everything you can to get it out of there. And that was just like the worst thing he could have ever said to yeah. an impressionable 23 year old, this guy, you know, um, because that's not, I mean, you know, I get it. You're creating a monthly bill for somebody. They don't want that. And it's not something fun. I always say that you can tell the difficulty of how hard something is to sell by doing the fill in the blank thing. And it's always, I am saving up for what? Nobody says I'm saving up to buy life insurance. They're buying, they're saving up to buy a car or put a down payment on a house or, or the open bar at their funeral. That well, and if you're not saving up for that, then you need to buy the insurance. That's exactly. where the <laughs> exactly you where know, so, are you putting your money? Exactly. So it, when somebody says I'm saving up for something, if you're selling what they're saving up for, you're a whole lot ahead of the game as far as how hard that is to sell. But when you're selling something that's an intangible product that people really don't want, they really don't, I mean, it's nice to say, yeah, I have the peace of mind of knowing that if I die tomorrow, my family's gonna be taken care of. But it's also, you know, hey, that's, that's 50 bucks a month I could be spending on, you know, pay-per-view MMA fights or something, you know, something like that. Any, any chance I get to watch other people beat each other up, that's always good. So, um, you know. <laughs> So that's one of those things where, you know, selling is hard. It's harder if you're selling something that people really don't want to buy. But if you can convince them to buy it and that and to get there, you have to be able to get them to like you and trust you. Um, and if that and to get there means having to, you know, tell a few little jokes or. Yeah. Bribe, bribe him with a Starbucks coffee or whatever it takes. <laughs> I've, I, I've spent so many time taking so much time taking clients to Starbucks that I actually um, I came home one day and I told my wife, I said, you know, the guy at Starbucks asked me to be the best man at his wedding. <laughs> she goes, how much coffee do you drink? <laughs> and it was true. I, I was his best man at his wedding. <laughs> so, wow. so uh, yeah, That's it's, amazing. you know, but there's, it's just, it all comes together and there's a lot of moving parts, but if you just know that you're always selling and that the thing that you're selling more than anything is you, that puts you on second base right, right before you even have to go to bat. And, and that puts you so much ahead of the game. Um, you know, it, it just makes it life a lot easier. And if you thrive on rejection, that helps too. So <laughs> that might be the title of my next book. <laughs> 
I love it. I love it. Levity aside, you know, there's no such thing as a time machine. So people do need to understand that we're all moving forward. If we're talking about things that are important, like life insurance with you or, or even business and the cycle of business and meeting our, our customers um, where their needs are, it's important. So I appreciate you for giving us the overview of, of devolution of, of Chris Costanis and Sir Financial. I love because stories, stories tell, stories tell people what you've done, how you've evolved, how you've met the need. And there are so many of us out there looking for some kind of insight or some kind of next big thing that can make it work for us. And I just, I love your approach. I love your humor. I love that you've opened up your world to us and shared your story today, Chris. So thank you for that. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, if anybody's, you know, interested, you can look me up. There's a Surf Financial Brokers has a page on Instagram and we have a channel on YouTube and, and uh, I'm all over the internet, but you know, maybe not in good places sometimes. <laughs> Those are the two I'll mention. That That sounds good. No, I, I appreciate you. Jonathan, do you want to leave any last minute comments for Chris before we let him go? I'm going to echo the same stuff you said. I'm, I always love these conversations, but it's, I, there's something about what you said that like, I don't like, I don't own a business. I don't run a business. So I can relate to a lot of what people say on a certain degree. Um, but you in particular, like I've always been someone who has also brought humor to my work and I've, I've felt safe in that. I feel the most safe when I'm around people who it gives, I always find that when people inject humor into, especially a professional setting, it just gives people permission to be people. It sort of is that thing where you're like, I under, yes, we're all playing. We're doing the dance right now. Like I'm trying, you are, I am the client, you are the client. I like, I get it, but it, it. It doesn't. I feel like, for me at least, I really do. I feel like it just gives people permission to be people. And I've always subscribed to the belief that um, humans are incredibly complex, but we're also very simple in the sense that, like, whatever situation you're faced with, you will laugh or you will cry, and you will do something within the gradient of those things. And with life insurance in particular, I feel like it is, you know, it, it's a sad topic, or at least it's that idea where it's like, I don't want to save money for something that I'm not even going to get to enjoy. Like, I love that my family is set up, but like. Uh, I'm not going to get that. So to be able to, so to be able to take that topic or this thing that I think people usually get very sad about, or they think of in these sort of negative connotations and to be able to, to frame it, or even to be able to add levity to it and just go, listen, like vulnerability is either, you're either going to have a visceral positive reaction, which is laughter, or you're going to have a visceral negative reaction, which is tears. And to be able to sort of, to sort of steer people towards positive is I think it's a superpower. I really do. I think it's a superpower. And I love to hear about your success in it. And I, I, I subscribe to your YouTube channel. And I'm very excited to continue to watch you grow. And I, I love to know that you're on the internet. And I'm, I'm eager to, to see more from you, Chris. Thank you for today. Well, I appreciate you guys. And, and uh, you know, like I said, I, I kind of stumbled onto this LinkedIn meeting page uh, thinking it was going to be about SEO each month, <laughs> each week. <laughs> and, um, but I still, when I realized it wasn't, I, you know, I still try to get on here when I'm available and uh, I learn a lot and I appreciate all the guys, all, everything you guys have to offer. Now, I love it. Thank you for being here today. You know, everything you do is cyclical. Everything's helping each other, right? Your business, your sales, your book, your speaking, you being here today, it's all supporting what you do in one fashion or another. And that's very important for people to see and understand because there's so many mediums and so many ways we can reach our clients, but do it with a touch of humanity. Do it, be a person. It's okay to be a human. So 
thank you for being transparent and just being vulnerable today and sharing that with us. And Jonathan, thank you for your support and to Rachel and all the other community members that are going to watch this afterwards. Get out there, figure it out, make sure that you're doing things to help support your business and grow it, but do it with a touch of humanity. Exactly. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys. I don't want to keep you too late, but uh, thank you for taking your time out today and have a great weekend. You guys have a good one. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Adam. Bye, guys. Bye.